the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible. The entire Bible every year. On Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Sophie will ask questions from the Bible Live leaders. You call in with the correct answers and you win. It's just that simple. Tell John is a Halloween fanatic. Sounds like my first church I've ever worked in as a youth pastor. That sounded like our organ player. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you, John. We appreciate in such a tasteful and timely way that. You bring us into well, the program. You like the music then tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We love that music. The uh, weather, it definitely suits no, but throughout the weather Throughout the show. Chris, Christian-themed Halloween type. Oh, that's right. Something appropriate for Halloween. Well, that, but appropriate for the Bible Live, too. That's, yeah. <laughs> well, it does kind of fit in with the readings as far as where we are. I mean, it's. It's, it's, yeah. it's complicated. It's, it's kind complicated, of a, mm-hmm. and it's just a little, a little bit. Boy, Stacy, Dad's not talking too well tonight. Oh, I ain't going to have great. to concentrate okay. and really practice my enunciation. That was great. I nice. taught two classes this morning, mm-hmm. and boy, that was tough too, but I made it through them. So mm-hmm. we, here we go. I'm going to... Concentrate on uh, moving my mouth. This is a, a how-to for all of you who have uh, suffered strokes or will suffer strokes in your life. Mm-hmm. When you have to learn to speak again, you must concentrate on every sound. And you speak more slowly, but you can be understood I think uh, you can call me in call in tonight on the program, and uh, in fact, it would be helpful if you would call in on the program, and I'd like to know if you can you understand me, <laughs> and if not, uh, you can ask questions, and we'll try 
Stacy will clarify it for the interpreter. You. Yes, I yeah. I understand. I you understand can read you my interpreter. Loud and clear. Yes, I do. And well, you, we you we do great. have some really really nice passages to cover. Yeah. We, uh, as you know, ladies and gentlemen, mm-hmm. we are in the uh, minor prophets. We have done Hosea and so on. Now we come down to Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, and Haggai, and Zechariah. So tonight we're going to cover those six minor prophets, leaving only one. And you, uh, that's our first question for the night. What is the, the final minor, minor prophet that we will cover this coming week? Just before we turn back to the New Testament and we will finish our mm. 22nd time through the Bible yeah. this coming week and we'll finish with the book of Revelation, Revelation in the Old Testament. Uh, but the question mm. is, what is... The last prophet that we will cover in the new in the Old Testament, and then followed by four hundred years of silence. Mm-hmm. There is no more prophet mm-hmm. uh, heard you know, from Israel yeah. until uh, the first new pro- new pro- mm-hmm. a new prophet appears. And that'll be our second question. Oh. Who is the... I really wanted to say that. Uh, who is the first prophet mm-hmm. that will come 400 years later mm-hmm. after the uh, after the last prophet of the New <laughs> Testament? Of the Old All Testament. Right. Of the Old Testament. Anyway, we're we, going to um, get these prophets straightened yeah, out. Yeah, right? it is. It, uh, you, you need, we need a whiteboard. But uh, in fact, though, we don't have a whiteboard, but we do have a really wonderful timeline that Dad has put together that you can find at the website, um, so BibleLive.com or TheBibleLive.com. And he has the kings and the prophets of Israel and Judah all sequentially with the uh, years, year in the middle. The Judah prophets and kings on the left, Israel prophets and kings on the right. And so you can see who... A timeline. A timeline, yes. Um, Who is prophesying when and with which king and who their contemporaries are. And, of course, keeping that uh, the Assyrian uh, conquering that date in mind and keeping the Babylonian... um, Conquer, uh, Babylonian capture and conquest. Uh, conquest. Thank you. Destruction of Jerusalem. Yeah, yes. all of that. Um, but those are. It's really helpful. It's it's very helpful, especially when in this point in the scriptures we have gone through the story, you know, of, of it, and and now we're going. It's as if we're. I mean, we're going back in time a little bit now. So we're going back to. So as far as the story goes. Uh, Judah has already fallen, but then we go to, you know, Micah, and it's many years before the fall. So it can be a little bit tricky. Yeah, it can be it confusing. Is. You know what would be a good exercise at this stage of affairs is to back up and see if we can quickly uh, trace the the old 
the Old Testament I like it. scriptures. Yes. Okay. We have creation and then the spread of the human race in the early chapters of uh, Genesis. Then it comes down to the choice of Abraham in Genesis 11 or 12. 12, maybe. Uh, and choosing of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and their stories. The children of Israel go down into Egypt uh, under Jacob. Uh, they're there for 400 years, mm-hmm. and then they come out led by Moses. Mm-hmm. Moses writes the first five books of the Old Testament while they are journeying in the wilderness mm-hmm. uh, before entering the promised land. Okay, so that takes us uh, through a, per- a long period of time. From creation, we have a number of generations there, and then we come to Abraham. But um, and then Moses, and then they go into take Canaan. It from there. Uh, and I guess do we know the the we know that they're of course wandering in the desert forty years. Forty years. So in the forty wilderness. is the magic number during uh, Moses's lifetime. It seems uh-huh. he's forty, and then forty, and then another forty. Right. Right. Um. So 40 years wandering and then 40 years uh, in Canaan? Uh, or 40 years he was in the palace of Egypt. Oh, wow. When he, remember, he was yeah. born oh, sure, uh, to yes. that so 40 years in the princess, palace, 40 years, 40 years in uh, the, um, the wilderness, uh-huh. and then 40 years leading the people of Israel out of Israel up until they went into the promised uh-huh. land. Then he went to the top of Mount Pisgah, and he died All right. okay. there. Would not allow Enter to into. accompany the mm-hmm. people into the promised land. Okay. Now then you get there, and then you come to 300, about 325 years led by judges. Okay. Uh, starting with... Um, Joshua, Joshua. Jo- no, wasn't Joshua. Well, Joshua was. He led them into the land. You're right. That's right. Uh, and they did about uh, 25 years of uh, warfare okay. or so. And then we came to Othniel. the, the Othniel. His nephew, I believe it was. Okay. Othniel. And then you have the 12... The uh, uh, judges, including one woman, 11 men and one woman. And the last judge listed is... Eli. Samson. Samson, I meant. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you meant to say, right? I, I meant to say Samson. <laughs> uh, Samson. And then you get Eli right. uh, as a priest, and Samuel is introduced... And he is the uh, transition figure to the time of the prophets and the time of the kings, from mm-hmm. Judges to the first king of Israel, was uh, anointed by Samuel, mm-hmm. uh, and that was Saul, our friend Saul. Our friend. And now that and that's that ten ten number, right? Yes, so that's the ten ten number. 
And and then you take 40 from that and you get 970, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that's David. Mm-hmm. And then you take 40 from that and you get 930. Mm-hmm. And that's Solomon. Solomon. <laughs> and you take 90 from that. And <laughs> I know. This counting uh, down. What are we no. taking? 90? And so 8, 40. No, that, that, that's right. See, that's <laughs> it. Well, 10, 10, 30, mm-hmm. uh, or 10, 40, 10, 10. 970 and 930. Oh, I got yeah. it wrong. So 1010 yeah. 10 is David, uh, 10, Saul 10, is 1040. 10, okay. But 1050, yeah. Saul, so 1010 David, 970, uh, Solomon. Solomon. And Samuel's uh, Solomon's son, mm-hmm. and so there you have it. Ten and tribes in the north, the and then yep. uh, the two tribes uh, in the south, and then they start with the kings. Yes, and the kings, uh, the book of Kings, follows the history of the the nation of the two nations right. actually, the divided kingdom, and it. Kind of go through them, mm-hmm. king after king, and it, 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 to get yeah. lost you because you <laughs> forget who's on first. You know, <laughs> yes. uh, which king and what kingdom, and so on. Right. But and that's why I made that table. It shows the kings of Judah and mm-hmm. Israel, and you can see when they uh, ruled in relation to each other. And then after it's 710, what an important event happens. Yes, Assyria. Assyria so conquers the ten Samaria. tribes in the north. Yes, of it's, which Samaria is the capital and yes, yes. known as Israel. So okay. Israel are the ten tribes in the north, Samaria is the capital. And so they're and gone Samaria. and they never get reconstituted. Mm-hmm. They never gather again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're called the ten lost Tribes mm-hmm. of Israel mm-hmm. in some places, and then then we come to the two southern tribes mm-hmm. uh, in five eighty six, of course. Yeah. And when were the three uh, the three invasions? Mm-hmm. When did they happen? Well, let's see, six ten, six high, six fifty. 605. <laughs> I'll get there. 605. Okay. And then? 607, 608. No, no. Uh, later. But oh, sure. Uh, you mean, so, uh, I don't know. <laughs> 597. Okay, 597. It's the so second six, invasion. Okay, 605, 597, and then 586. 586. Is that last one? And Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and uh, Graham went in that first group. Okay. 605. And so they go, and then comes 586, mm-hmm. and Nebuchadnezzar of the uh, Babylonian Medo-Persian Medo- Empire conquers um, conquers uh, Jerusalem. Yeah. 
and not one stone is left on another. Mm-hmm. And that it was predicted. Now, once you get to that point, uh, the Bible goes back, like you said, and picks up the prophets. And now we have had the kings. Right. Now we're telling their prophecies, and and we have that that graph put together so that people can see when they were prophesying during the kingdom of which king, whether it's Israel or Judah. Uh, And we follow them again now and see how they come out. Now, tonight we're following. uh, We'll start with Micah. Micah, Nahum, Abaca. And Zephaniah mm-hmm. were all prophets before the exile, before the destruction of the temple and the exile. And Haggai, Zechariah, and, and Malachi mm-hmm. were afterward. Um, and mm-hmm. Zechariah prophesied both before and after the temple was actually rebuilt, completed. Mm-hmm. So that's that's pretty good to go through the. You can march through, yeah. and tell the story, get the high points of what happened, okay. uh, and, and then you can start filling in and filling some of the in between times, even right. the yeah. which which kings, which uh, events, which major yes. figures. One of my favorite things is to. You know, have a solid grasp of that and let that be your, you know, your, yeah. your bench, your benchmark, your, uh-huh. your, your state. And then go and you can study all sorts of other, what was Egypt doing at this time? Where were the Assyrians, the Persian Empire, the Greeks? You know, of course, the Greeks are during that 400 right. years of silence. But um, it's really, I think, yeah. fun to see what else was happening and how because it's not as if the Lord wasn't working and God wasn't moving and in part of all of it, um, all of the people groups and how he was working out, you know, how he was using his people to, you know, Nineveh even to bring Nineveh to its knees at one point. See, that was a, you take that, that was a historical survey of the Old Testament the major event, the major personalities. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, you could add a few more in there in detail, but the major events and the major marker points. Uh, but then uh, just as well, you can see these nations yeah. because it's the you can see that the whole scheme, you begin to get a sense of the... Mm, I always call it the redemptive plan of God. And because the whole, it it does exist as a whole. There is something God is doing. Uh, He is calling out a people for himself, Mm -hmm. out of the human race. Mm -hmm. and, and, And it has a process that he is following to do that culminating in the birth and life of the Messiah, the Redeemer, the Savior, mm-hmm. and then exploding around the world. Mm-hmm. And most all of the prophets 
predict the time when when God's king name would be praised and his kingdom would be spread and established, established around the earth. Mm-hmm. And that's what we see happening mm-hmm. when Jesus of Nazareth comes on the mm-hmm. scene. Mm-hmm. And so we do, I think that's a good way to start tonight. Yeah. I real quickly gets us up to speed. Yes, I will give the phone number. Well, okay, Dad said if you have a, a hard time understanding anything he says, <laughs> yep. to, please feel free to call. Um, so I'll give you the number. It's two one zero three four zero nine five eight five. 210-340-9585. We had two questions out there as well. What is the really the last book of the Old Testament? This one way is I think mm-hmm. you worded it differently, but we're looking for what is the final prophet, the last prophet of the Old Testament. And then you've got 400 years of, in terms of scripture and Bible uh, of silence. And then who is the prophet, prophet. the first prophet that comes on the scene um, preparing the way, hint, hint, um, in the New Testament. So those two, uh, who is our our last voice before that 400 years. And in that 400 years, this is, I think, a little, this is interesting. Um, But you get Alexander the Great. You get Julius Caesar, Cleopatra. Um, I mean, it's really kind of fascinating because, uh, in fact, my son, he had a field trip to the planetarium this last week and we went and they show two films and the second film is on the one seven wonders of the ancient world and uh, and they date them through the film. And in my mind, I was thinking, okay, that almost every single one of them happened about 400, 300 BC, mm-hmm. right in that time, uh, and I just thought that was really interesting. Talk mm. about kind of preparing the way. <laughs> yeah. um, but anyway, that's uh, just a little food for thought. Well, we have uh, just a couple more minutes before our first break. This is the Bible Live. We are going, and um, we I, I wanted to also mention real quickly that we were in Psalm this week, and so we'll be finishing up our wisdom and worship segment along with the complete um, scriptures revelation uh, next week. But some of the Psalms this week I thought were really neat as well. Just such great reminders. So we did Psalm 135 through 139, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, and Zechariah um, this week, and we're going to talk a little bit more about Micah, Nahum, and Habakkuk in the second um, second segment. But uh, the reminders, one, I thought was, uh, well, great. If you are wondering if something might be an idol in your life, I loved this verse in Psalm. It's Psalm 135, 15, and the idea is, I have a mouth, but I can't speak, eyes, but cannot see, ears, but cannot hear, a nose, but cannot smell, and my creator is just like me. (laughs) What am I? Um, uh, In other words, if you have something in your life that... Huh, has eyes but can't see, and it's just like you. In fact, if you looked in the mirror, <laughs> you might think it is you. Um, it's an. It could be an idol. That could be an idol. Could be an idol. Uh, it just could be. It just yes. could be an idol. Um, but then that sweet reminder in Psalm one thirty six. It's a phrase that's repeated in all twenty six verses. 
of that chapter. His faithful love endures it forever. forever. And isn't that yes. a wonderful reminder after the couple of weeks that we've had? Really, the couple of years that we have had our whole lifetime. And but, now, uh, what's going on overseas? Yes. What oh, about God, this? Yeah. This. Matthew, um, oh, Matthew Perry, Perry this oh, actor no. who, whose that life hurt. ended that in such a tragedy. He was the youngest cast. He was the youngest friends star. Um, the friends, yes, yeah. Yes, I don't think that the rest of the cast has made a, a statement yet. I'm, I'm, I'm sure they're just heartbreaking, but... I pray just have prayed that yes. somewhere along the line, he knew someone was able to share with him mm-hmm. the I know. I hope I pray that too. I hope so. Yeah. But we will come back. His faithful love endures forever. Wherever you are right now, he loves you, and he is faithful to that promise. And we'll come back. This is The Bible Live uh, after this break. Good monsters. <laughs> I like that, my son. Uh, this is the Bible Live. Welcome back, and this is Stacy with my dad, your host, Soapy Dollar. <laughs> and uh, that reminds me of again, my son. He uh, is in fourth grade, and they started off this year. I was so happy for him because. In years past, they start out the year reading, you know, Charlotte's Web, or they've done, what are some of the other ones? Um, You know, just very sweet. But this year, they started off with Beowulf. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, it's. It's intense. It's very, it's, it's, you know, it talks about um, blood and evil and the darkness and Grendel and the Fen. And, um, and so the, it's kind of a, you know, the boys are like, wow, yeah, you know, they all want to f- be, and of course, Beowulf, who's the hero, and, uh, but the he, theme. He's a warrior, not a king, right? He's, oh, he's a warrior, correct, okay. yes. 
and Beowulf defeats Grendel, and the whole theme of this ancient, <laughs> this old poem, uh, is that light defeats darkness. There is good and there is evil. And uh, I mean, and, and I guess maybe in this sense, it's not always, you know, I guess good monsters. I don't know. But as long as good is good and evil is evil and, and good is defeating evil, the light will prevail. The light defeats the darkness. Um, but it was really, really sweet. They ended, they finished the book this past week and they had their assembly on Friday and the fourth graders got to present and um, they they did a you know kind of a play telling the story, and and then they finish it though with the overarching um, lesson is that light defeats the darkness and that Jesus is the light of the word and then they sing Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and oh all the parents of course are in tears because <laughs> it's just so precious and they did a wonderful job. But anyway, that reminded me a little bit of. Grendel and Beowulf in Light Defeating Darkness, that song. But we are in the, uh, we're going to start uh, with talking about the book of Micah. We do have two quick questions out there. If anybody wants to call in, 210-340-9585. What is the last prophet of the Old Testament and of our readings in the Old Testament? And then who is the first prophet in the New Testament? And in between there is about 400 years, but we're looking for those, uh, 210-340-9585, but Micah, I love this little book. Now, now we're going to go back. Micah prophesied about a hundred years before a series. So Micah is about 742 to 687. He uh, is in Judah prophesying just before... See Hezekiah, maybe just after what's who's probably Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz. So those are the kings just before Hezekiah. So we haven't gotten to Manasseh yet. So not that evil, you know, the evil king in Manasseh and Judah. So Micah is just right there, about a hundred years. So Samaria and the northern tribes, Israel, still are. There, they have not been defeated by Assyria yet, and so Micah is prophesying their defeat, uh, their um, being destroyed, as well as what would be, you know, what would could happen to Judah as well. Uh, but Micah also, in the midst of all of this, the very first hints of a coming. Messiah. And I love that verse. You, oh, what is it? Um, Bethlehem of Ephrathah. And you, it's, uh, it's, it's just so great. We get it, right? All the way. I mean, this is in 750 BC. Uh, so almost a thousand years before Jesus. And we start hearing about Bethlehem. Li- oh, little town of Bethlehem. Oh, makes me so happy. <laughs> Yeah. I love that, too, in terms of this time of year. I mean, here we are in, I think, one of the worst, sorry, John, quote, uh, seasons in terms of celebrations. I don't, I, and that's why I think it's complicated as far as Halloween goes. This is, you know, I, I'm, t- I, I'm probably take things a little too seriously. So I know I probably need to chill that's out a little right. bit, Stacey. Right. <laughs> but, you know, just as an example... I mean, I, I won't, I'm not going to say exactly where this comes, but, uh, you know, we happen to know that there are Wiccans, you know, mm-hmm, and, and mm-hmm. I mean, they worship 
they, I don't even know if they know how dangerous that is. This reminds me of that Tim Keller. You get into trouble when it comes to evil and to Satan and to sin in two ways, underestimating and overestimating. I mean, those that are dabbling with satanic things and spiritual darkness and what can, I, I, I hope, I think, and they are grossly underestimating evil. Well, um, the, the problem with it is. And this um, is their, I mean, this, they would, this is their quote unquote holy. Yeah. Week. I mean, this, this is, is their this special is, holiday. Mm-hmm. They adopt it and they are, I, I've become more familiar with it. Yes. Uh, it's not generally spoken out now that we are worshiping or somehow endorsing Satan, but some do. Right, right. But the, but, generally, yes, of But right, the idea exactly. of paganism uh, that we will go back and we will erase what God has revealed of himself mm-hmm. to the world through through the Messiah, through Jesus, and we're going to go back to living uh, like people in the times of Ber- Merlin, Merlin of King right. Arthur's time. And, and a, in other words, we're going to go back to general revelation, what we can know of God only through the nature. Right. And then, of course, and that... That is wonderful general revelation is dependable. We can know some things about God right. through creation, right. through natural uh, general revelation, but it's so easily misinterpreted as well, as you yeah. say, Stacey. And paganism, it, it it's choosing to ignore the the revelation that our God had given us, mm-hmm. the special revelation mm-hmm. that uh, has it, it's true revelation. It's yeah. supernatural. It's accurate. It's right, and it's supernatural. Yeah. And we can know that God has sent it, and and, and that to ignore all of that and to live in the shadows, mm-hmm. right. Uh, it, it, it's not wise, right? It, it, it either you have to wonder why, <laughs> to, yeah. to what end? Why is a person turning their back on that? You know, is it um, fear of the, the? But anyway, but that would be the that would be, I think, the question, and maybe. I, so, yeah. not to. Well, I guess I'll I just want to push back a little. Uh, yeah, there we yeah. go. I just want to push back a, a yeah. little bit on the season, on on the season and and Halloween. I've never. I mean, I don't mean to be a you know, a spoil sport, but I have just never. I'm sensitive to it. I guess mm-hmm. I really have never. I've never liked it. I've always kind of had a little bit of a. I don't understand why those things would be celebrated or but um but i i guess i say that because in this great that here in and i'm going to read the verse mobilize marshal your troops the enemy is laying laying siege to jerusalem 
They will strike Israel's leader in the face with a rod. But you, O Bethlehem Ephrathah, are only a small village among all the people of Judah. Yet a ruler of Israel, whose origins are in the distant past, will come from you on my behalf. Oh, yeah, there, mm. there it is, tucked away in the middle. Oh, thank yeah. you, John. In the middle of all of this devastation and um, sadness, and uh, thank you. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, you've got this, but you, oh Bethlehem, yeah. out of you. Well, that <laughs> is a good message. Not only that, the Messiah, uh, the, that message, but the idea of what you say. It's that even uh, in times of difficulty, right. that 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 can be great blessing. I I prayed right. with a, a young lady uh, this morning, mm-hmm. who was coming to a time of testing in her own life, and uh, she was afraid mm-hmm. that of the consequence of what would be the result. And she had just received Christ as Savior mm-hmm. this morning. And mm. uh, very interestingly, I can't, I'm not wanting to give too much information, but it was um, it, it, it was a time when you could see, even if she thought the worst thing could, could happen would happen, mm-hmm. it Still was a wonderful thing in the yes. sense that God had brought her here to meet the Savior, Aww. to meet the Lord. Yes. Even no matter what else went right. wrong or yes. went well, the great thing that could ever happen to yes. her happened in Aww. this time. Aww. And so it's it, it's that sense that God can use even the tough times of our life. And make them come out for blessing. And that's, of course, the message of Micah. They're dealing with the the little little town of Bethlehem. That out of you would come a great king, a great savior. And that's what these, uh, I mean, Micah, Nahum, boy, uh, Zephaniah, the day of the Lord. I mean, it's, you know, you you read these and when you... Lately, I think especially just because wars and rumors of wars, I, um, I know that that's not new to it, but it's kind of new to my generation. My generation has never been really in leadership when it comes to times of war. This is the first time I think that we are actually finding ourselves mm-hmm. maybe with the buck stopping with us as far as decisions or actually – investing or not investing in this or that or, you know, voting or, uh, and, and we've, you know, of y'all, you're, y'all have been through World War One, World War Two, the Korean War and Vietnam, you know, and we're facing a very different kind of war. I mean, you've got terrorism, you've got, uh, you've got on online, you know, online, everything is, Satellites and it's a very different. I mean, you've got oh, wow. Ukraine. You've got you've got information is just coming from everywhere. You've yes. got what's happening with Hamas and Hezbollah and Israel and, and the very nature of war. Yes, and conflict. It's different been now. It's a very different. Yes, it's not so much war between uh, uh, nation states. 
It's a war between um, terrorist groups yes. and gangs. Kind yes, of, it's almost um, like a guerrilla type yeah. warfare now and an infiltration. Yeah. And Very anyway, difficult. keeping that in mind while you're reading some of these uh, prophecies and Nahum, I can understand the new believers that you're talking about. I can understand her excitement about the Lord, excitement about knowing and find that, finding that blessed assurance and that salvation mm-hmm. in him, while at the same time seeing that many things around you are falling apart or that are you kind of waiting right. for the shoe to drop or you you mentioned it in some of the readings this past week you know that same old just because god never intended that this world will be made perfect good and evil will always coincide until he until he ends it <laughs> until he mm-hmm. good and evil will always coexist in this world and that moral laws reign over the good and the evil and a bullet doesn't turn to a marshmallow just because it's heading towards a christian mm-hmm. that good things happen to people that we think are evil and bad things happen to christians and uh and you can see that in this time period, too, That's I mean, good, all yeah. over the pages of these prophets. And it actually, you can, it hurts. But the sweet thing, like you just said, I want to, it reminds me of um, C.S. Lewis, <laughs> <laughs> of course. But remember that part in The Horse and His Boy when when, when the mare, mm-hmm. the, the female, the mare horse, um, I'll just read that she, she, uh, she wants to go to see Aslan. She wants to go to him, but she's afraid of him. She's afraid he might eat her. <laughs> then um, that this, then when though shaking all over, gave a strange little neigh and trotted across to the lion. Please, she said, you're so beautiful. You may eat me if you like. I'd sooner be eaten by you than fed by anyone else. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's the sweetest good old yeah. win. But um, she... And I think that's that's all of our the humble that humble heart, that recognition that he is so superior to anything and everything else. I'd rather be eaten by you than fed by anything else. Because you know, I have I noticed um, as I've been teaching uh, the scriptures for a lot of years now, and uh, today. In particular, I was teaching to a rather small group. Usually we're teaching to 100 to 150 young men and women. Mm -hmm. And now this was a group of about 35. And for a first time, I'd sensed that I was telling people about God Mm -hmm. and that uh, how can I say this? <laughs> it was a sense of t- as I shared with them about the God of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, I noticed that the group was responding by kind of an odd silence, mm-hmm. okay. and the mouth was kind of dropped open like wow, <laughs> okay. wow, yeah. you know, yeah. and. and because really, sometimes we get so familiar with 
talking about God and Jesus and the Trinity and so on. In a safe way. In a safe way. Mm -hmm. And we lose that sense of awe that what a magnificent being Mm -hmm. our great God is. And and I found myself describing God (laughs) in such a group of young people. And I... I actually kind of felt like we had gone into that zone oh. if, if they were that caught a bit of that sense of awe mm-hmm. of how great our God is and what a wonderful, powerful, amazing thing mm-hmm. He had done for us. And our, this isn't just oh humdrum human history and what another time, but yeah. this, these are exciting times. Mm-hmm. Uh, the God of the universe is moving among us and with us, and we're part mm-hmm. of his plan. Mm-hmm. I, that, I told Mama about when oh. I got, got home today. Mm-hmm. I couldn't wait to celebrate because I, I had a real strong sense of that today. Now, whether it was accurate, I don't think, I, I don't know. I think it was, well, it was. But uh, that that awareness and that remind me the people of uh, yeah. Micah and they who were involved with, it, I think maybe they caught some of that awe as well. Yes. Now I wanted to say that Micah, uh, now that uh, you said that he prophesied from seven forty two to six eighty eight or six eighty seven, I the on my graph i put six uh 742 but some people say from 738 okay and that made him prophesy during Isaiah. the time of three kings okay jotham ahaz and hezekiah okay. the three of them and hezekiah's reign uh was characterized by a general uh uh, re- revival, spiritual mm-hmm. revival, with great spiritual reforms. So Which is he probably uh, what kept it, Judah. Yes. It, yes. It, it 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 held the uh, the judgment at bay a little oh, bit longer. On oh, oh, Judah, on yes, Judah. sure did. And uh, and so that's where Micah came in, uh, and uh, Nahum, of course. Now. Oof. Nahum picked up after Manasseh. Jonah. Okay, right. Remember, Jonah had prophesied against Assyria. They were going to be destroyed. And in against, <laughs> against Jonah's will, God forgave them, and there was a great, great revival. Mm-hmm. And But Nahum picked up where uh, Jonah's prophecy left off, and Nahum uh, is announcing that they will indeed, Nineveh would be destroyed. And they were destroyed by uh, Babylon, the Medo Persians, in I think it's 612, which that the day, yeah, 612 BC. Okay. And so that touches through Micah and Nahum, the two prophets. Nahum preached to Nineveh. Just like Jonah did, but this time they didn't repent, and the the uh, judgment did fall upon them, as Nahum and had Jonah had predicted. 
So those are Micah and Nahum. They're good, wonderful sermons. Yes, uh, you know what? And, yes. very, and of course, came true. And effective. I, I, uh, I'm kind of amazed. I guess you do. We do have Josiah, and uh, and I'm, I am a little bit amazed. Like, what does it take to truly, I guess, repent? <laughs> I mean, to no. and, uh, because you know how Nahum. They even, I mean, Judah saw what happened to Samaria and to Israel. They, they heard the prophets. They heard, and I guess it just, they just wouldn't. I guess they just couldn't. I just, you know, it's, how could you? Yeah, I've told you my whole life I have wondered about that. What causes some people to repent and to fall before God and cry out for mercy yeah. and seek Him and find His forgiveness right. and find salvation. And that safety, and others that cleft in not. the rock. Right. I always saw the, all the boys that grew up in the home where I was mm-hmm. raised, mm-hmm. Uh, 400 guys. It went, and, and we all heard the same sermons. We ate the same food. We had basically the same lifestyle, mm. and yet some of us trusted God and came to Christ, and some did not. And all my life, I wonder what causes right. some yeah. to trust the Lord yes. and some not. Because and, if you read Nahum, I mean, and uh, nah- Micah and Nahum, but Nahum in particular, for some, really got me this time. I mean, mm. just the the devastation and the painting of the picture, and then knowing that who he is talking to already saw it happen in Israel. Mm. And if nothing else, isn't there a fear of the Lord? Isn't there just at least a, yeah. a fear? Um, because it's, it's a little bit scary. <laughs> I mean, life without that assurance of God's salvation. And, um, but, uh, you know, that does remind me that there's our music. So we'll go to one more break and then come back. Yeah, 210-340-9585. But one of the most repeated truths in Scripture is that God cares for the humble that keeps his distance from who? And maybe this yeah. is a part of that, you know, wondering. But that's, that's from Psalm 138. Spir- it's one of those spiritual laws. Yes. It's a subsidiary it's a, <laughs> it's a- of one of the laws, okay? So we'll come back after this song. This is The Bible Life. It was a graveyard smash. Satan lost in a flash. Baby, I got three. 
Welcome back. This is The Bible Live. And that was David Crowder singing. And he is going to be in Bernie at Dog and Pony off of Main Street on November 12th. And our good friend Greg Carnes with live David show events is Crabber bringing event. David. Yeah. Texas so that's exciting. Texas Arms of Love. Texas Arms of Love. <laughs> yes, indeed. And live show events. But this is The Bible Live. I'm Stacy with my dad here, Soapy Dollar, your host. And we are talking through... Those last minor, but only because they're not very long, yeah. <laughs> the, the books, but they are not not important. I, uh, I want to mention one thing real fast. Real minor. Real mm, minor. It has to be minor. Uh, that a lot of folks will know that we have collaborated with Greg mm-hmm. now for almost 35 years. Yeah. Uh, we've been br- helping to bring... Christian bands and mm-hmm. events and uh, concerts to the city. Yeah. And I just, I I'll think I'll brag on you a little bit because oh, no. you are the Texas Arms Love representative here in South Texas. And I appreciate that. I oh. just thought people, a lot of people don't know that we haven't really flown our flag or done a lot of boasting, but we have been collaborating and help, helping Greg mm-hmm. as they bring these uh, concerts yeah, and these great. Christian musicians yeah. to our city yeah, for a I lot see, of years now. Yeah, I see a lot of live show events. I uh, I mean, I, he's getting a lot of great concerts. I loved mm-hmm. going to the Mercy Me one a couple of years ago. I was, uh, it was beautiful. They do always, they always do such a great job. Mercy Me does. Um, well, yeah, yep. that's, uh, that's fun. And I, I was excited about David, David Crowder Good coming deal. too. So, uh, but we have some questions out there that we wanted to go ahead and answer. Uh, so the last book of the Old Testament, the last prophet, uh, is Malachi. Malachi, and then we have 400 years with a lot happening in history, Mm -hmm. but none of it being written down, (laughs) at least for our scriptures. And so we've got 400 years, and then we get good old John the Baptist, our first prophet in the New Testament, preparing the way for Jesus, the Messiah. So those are those, uh, the answer there. We also had, uh, so let's, we also had this question you know, who we're talking about Nahum and Micah, and we're going to get into Habakkuk. And, but why I think was that what causes, you know, these, these prophets are giving warning. They're saying, repent. Uh, God's, the day of judgment is coming. God's going to punish. He will judge justly. He, and, uh, and, and, and they're warning. They're warning them to turn from the idolatry, to turn from pagan worship, to be faithful to God. And um, some answer, and some do. Some yeah, do. Some and, do but, but many don't. And yeah. what is that? And so that was the from Psalm one thirty eight six. It even says one of the most repeated truths in scripture is that God cares for the humble but keeps his distance from who? And that kind of also will segue us um, into one of the themes in Habakkuk. But uh, any more on Micah and Nahum to wrap them, to wrap up those two? No, I think I'm going prophets. to jump on let's into Habakkuk. Habakkuk. Okay, let's do it. Uh, it's one of my favorite prophets mm-hmm. because Habakkuk, yeah. in the first place, he's another prophet who would not 
Jewish. It's another uh, example okay. of a, a prophet who was not Jewish. Okay. And he is, um, oh, let's see. What, uh, he, he is a prophet who asks questions. Yes. Uh, and I like that because right. a lot of the people think that you should never question God. Don't ask you. Don't you have to just take it by mm-hmm. faith. Just believe, and, and that may be true, but uh, we're not told not to question. Right. Now, if we're just asking questions, to ask questions, and, and not. Sincerely that's not right and, and that's not good. Mm-hmm. But Habakkuk he here asked God questions, mm-hmm. and he asked God questions that we ask today. Yes. We as human beings don't easily live by faith. We don't like to live by faith. Uh, we want to know all the answers, uh, what God's going to do and why he's going to do it. And although we probably can understand the ways, even if he tried to explain to us. But Habakkuk asked God three good questions. Why do uh, good people uh, suffer Mm -hmm. and the evil profit Mm -hmm. at times? Mm -hmm. Good people suffer and an evil profit. Mm -hmm. And, And then he said, when God is going to judge Israel for the wickedness, he said, well, why are you going to use an even more wicked nation, the Babylonians, to judge us, Lord? That doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And and then God answered that question, because, telling how he is going to ultimately judge and destroy Babylon as well. Mm-hmm. So the point is that Habakkuk asked three questions during his book. God answered the questions, and uh, and Habakkuk receives the answer, uh, and is blessed by knowing the answer, and that's part of his message yeah. to God's people. I like I like Habakkuk really well. It reminds it's, me a little bit of Job. Yeah, I mean, in, right. in terms of it's kind of where Job was a very personal story Habakkuk is kind of all of us yeah <laughs> sort of represents the what was probably going through the minds of yes like you say even us today I loved real quick if you don't mind we read from the New Living Translation mm-hmm. study Bible and I really love this study Bible it's very thorough and I wanted to read quickly the I mean you did a great sure, introduction yeah. there but I thought this was neat um, uh, the book of Habakkuk why do you allow injustice Habakkuk asked God why do you tolerate evil God did not answer Habakkuk's questions directly instead much as he did with Job God gave Habakkuk a vision of his deity whether or not the prophet understood God's ways he could safely trust him Habakkuk's questions echo in the hearts of all God-fearing people. The book of Habakkuk does not offer easy answers to the problem of evil in the world. Instead, it gives sound reasons to exercise faith in the sovereign, holy, and just God who will ultimately bring justice to his world. I thought that was a great... Yes. Uh, and that's that's what Habakkuk does ultimately have to come to. And it's that that 
really sweet. Um, it's that that truth that in Habakkuk two four, God told Habakkuk a spiritual principle that is basic to all God's people through the ages. Yes, the just shall live, live by, by faith. faith. Exactly. And that's what Habakkuk ultimately had to choose yes. to do. He didn't quite get his questions answered directly. God gives him a big picture. You he have shows to trust his, God. But you have to trust Even him. Just when he by uses an evil nation right. to judge mm-hmm. his people, yes. trust mm. him. Oh. You know what he's doing. And that's hard. I mean, yeah. it, it, it is not easy, especially when you start to put it into your day to day. And I mean, looking at what, you know, what gets me, I will say, I, and we don't know, I don't know what the future holds and I don't want my imaginings to get carried away and I don't want to go to places that aren't good. But at the same time, you know, if, if, if we go to war and my son has to go to war yeah. or my brothers or, you know, when you're, I mean, a, a true or, you know, I, I, the world that we're kind of inheriting in terms of policing and cops yes. are conscious. The more that we lose our conscience as a society, the more we're going to be ruled by guns and by cops and by, and, and when I think of my family or my children Oh, that's yeah. that's hard. That's what, and and that's where you kind of the rubber meets the road when it comes. Trust the Lord, though. Trust the Lord. Do what you know. You know that's a, what is to love mercy, act justly, which was also wasn't that one one of our in our readings. I don't know which one. Was, I think that's but Micah. May, have been, may well mm-hmm. have been. But um, yeah, yeah that, that sounds like sounds like Micah. I think I, it was I'm, Micah. I'm not sure which. Um, live, yeah. It's well, several I places, mentioned, but I think it's okay, Micah. Okay, see if you can find it. Uh, the faith is another aspect of Habakkuk, mm-hmm. that principle, the just love by faith. And another that comes of Habakkuk is showing the priority uh, one of the things, uh, and this is a principle we should remember in our prayer life, okay. uh, that one of the great principles you should always think of when you think about uh, God's will, mm-hmm. to, whether you're praying for someone to get well or you're praying for someone to get a certain job or healing, one of the principles we should Take into consideration all the time is how does this affect the harvest? Yeah. Is there any way, one way or another, that this will affect people coming to the knowledge uh, of the Savior? Because uh, the harvest is really on God's mind and heart. He is moving heaven and earth to bring about the harvest of souls, to uh, call out this people for himself. And so you have to have that in mind because uh, even in this, uh, in Habakkuk, it says, uh, it reminds us that God's ultimate goal as he rules nations and as he moves history, mm-hmm. uh, in, in Habakkuk 3.14, it said, the time will come when all the earth will be filled 
as waters yeah. fill the ocean with the awareness of the glory of the Lord. And we're living in such a time where all the people groups all around the world, mm -hmm. there are people who know the Lord now. And, and uh, the, the, I often say David's prayer in the Old Testament, let all the world praise all, all uh, the nation, yeah. praise the Lord. His prayer had now come true for sure all around the globe. God is worshiped and his son is glorified. And, and we need to know that that's one of God's priorities and we can take into consideration in our prayer life. Next, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to bring us down to Zephaniah. Yes. Well, we're going to answer that question, I think, about now. You ask about uh, the spiritual principle that we gather from Micah, Nahum, or Habakkuk about what causes some people right. to come to Christ to repent and what causes others not to do so. And uh, it, we find, I think, part of the answer already, We you've uh, quoted a verse or two, and Zephaniah comes Zephaniah. out, too, with the same kind of mentioning this principle. That's right, Zephaniah 3. It's in chapter 3, um, verses 11 through 12, and it's talking about the day of judgment. And uh, I mean, I, I, maybe this is where, you know, the fear of the Lord mm -hmm. is the beginning of wisdom. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of times we want to shy away from this idea of too much of being afraid but I, I think in some instances, it's good to be, I mean, truly fear, tremble, shaking. He is just. He is, I mean, and, and that just, and I deserve his wrath. I mean, it's, so this isn't any kind of, uh, I, I, I don't. But be afraid <laughs> if you are not hidden in the cleft of the rock, if you do not have Jesus's atoning blood over you, covering you and protecting you. I don't mean to, but you should be afraid. <laughs> tremble. He, he tremble. Yes. He is, he is, he, he will have justice. The evil that men and women do, the evil that is done. He he will have just re, you know re, repent. I mean that is what these are uh, these prophets are saying. And and uh, in the day of judgment, God is going to remove what kind of people. And I think ultimately, at the heart of those who are just doggedly not going to repent, not going to apologize or be. But anyway, is that pride, pride yeah. and arrogance that just that that pride, God, which we know it. I've, he I mean, resists I've, the proud, mm -hmm. uh, the, humble. the humble. He, he mm -hmm. receives and draws to himself. Right. And that's humble one of those yourselves. principles. Yes. Brokenness. And know, yes. And it's humble. not. It, it, and it is in that way that uh, I will say, no, it does not. It's not pleasant to be broken. I mean, to it, it does hurt. 
But what hurts a lot more, <laughs> I mean, in a way, I'm very grateful for the ways that God has used and the things in my life to break me and to bend my knees and mm-hmm. to be humble, to pull my, you know, to it because the alternative is far worse. Um, and that would be That's to right. not have no. bowed before him, to That's not right. have. And so uh, um, in those ways we can, I mean, our, our brokenness is redeemed. I mean, that's how he restores and redeems us is that it can be used mm-hmm. to draw us close to him. Yeah. And that is Hard what we need Hard and difficult times, hardship, mm-hmm. loss, disappointment, even failures, mm-hmm. even yes. uh, failures and sins mm-hmm. uh, in our life. God can turn them around and use them uh, as a purifying effect in our life. Uh, to draw right. us it's to not him. that we are glad we we sinned or glad we failed, but but they are turned into right. merciful, gracious uh, occasions of grace in our life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for sure, the prophets really bring that out. And Zephaniah uh, repeated that again that principle: God is going to remove the proud and the arrogant. Well, that brings us down now to the first two of the prophets uh, who are post-exilic. They come after the 70 years, 70 years of exile. I'm forgetting I have to enunciate <laughs> very clearly. But we have Haggai and Zechariah are two first of the two, three prophets that come after the exile. And Haggai is doing, they encourage the people there to get busy. Uh, Haggai tell them, (laughs) don't get busy, rebuild the temple. And and how did the people respond to Haggai's preaching to them? They were enthusiastic. They responded, uh uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. One time they responded the right way. (laughs) That's right. That is, yeah. Can you believe it? They actually, good old Haggai. (laughs) Good old, finally. I'm sure Jeremiah was jealous. (laughs) No. Uh, Well, God had already judged them in some ways with uh, uh, poor harvests and lost a lost harvest and a drought and so on. So God did some things to get their attention, but they did give him yes. give in, and they got busy rebuilding a temple mm-hmm. uh, again. And maybe Lord is telling us as Americans, get busy reaching people for God around the world. Become once again the great uh, missionary sending nation that you have yeah. been in the past and yeah. uh, give to help reach the world for Christ. Uh, well, maybe not, but <laughs> I, I think that's part of the message. Yeah. What, that's part of what made our nation great mm-hmm. and brought blessing to us, mm-hmm. and we can return to it. Mm-hmm. But that uh, Jeff and I, and now Haggai, that with his message. Mm-hmm. Anything particular about Haggai that you want to mention, Stacey, or or Zachariah? Right, let's see. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I do, uh, like you said, 
they uh, I love what you said earlier the keeping that mission that focus that mm-hmm. mission mind that uh, the idea that throughout history God is calling out a people for himself and to maintain focus on what he's doing which is the harvest and um, mm-hmm. I, I all week I've had that song last week I actually was asked to to share my testimony, which is always a little hard because, you know, your testimony at this point in life, I'm old. <laughs> like, well, old. How, not, how much time do I have? Because yeah, <laughs> yeah. every single day he has saved my life, um, you know, and, and uh, but I did. And I actually played your that song that you covered. It's not, mm-hmm. I guess you didn't write it, but that, uh, you know a good old story, you don't keep it, let it go, let it go unsaid. unsaid. You tell it to your children as, as you tuck them into, into bed. bed. Yeah. Uh, it's that sweet, sweet song of salvation. Let the people let tell tell everyone when you know a good story, when you will know what God has done for you and how He has saved you. You don't let it go unsaid. You tell everyone, and um, and I think that's kind of. That's probably a I'm little glad bit of. You the, did that. Yeah. I like your story. You have a wonderful <laughs> story of God's faithfulness and goodness in your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, true that. Now, um, I and wanted to Haggai say something about Zechariah real quickly. Uh, that uh, what's it about Zechariah? He has eight uh, visions in the first six chapters. He tells eight different visions that he had, and that's pretty remarkable uh, about him. And uh, what I'm thinking of, oh, one of his great prophets, Zechariah has a lot of this is it, has a lot of prophecies and preaching and examples of Jesus. Mm-hmm. He talks about the Messiah a great deal. And he predicts things about the Messiah, uh, like the 30 pieces of silver that yeah. were thrown on, on the temple floor when Je- for Jesus. Remember when Je- Judas Iscariot, Judas Iscariot, <laughs> betrayed J- Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. Mm-hmm. When Jesus rides into Jerusalem, uh, the, the triumphal entry, on the back of a donkey that is predicted in Zechariah. Uh, and the coming of the Holy Spirit as a result of Messiah's ministry, uh, the the holy uh, uh, the, the, the lampstand with an unending unending supply of oil. Mm-hmm. That oil is often a symbol for the Holy Spirit of God. So Zechariah is really on target. Yeah. The great prophetic. Oh, we were just get, it was just getting good. Yeah, <laughs> no. I know. You'll have to join us next week because um, we're going to talk more about Zechariah. I love that we went from that just one little mention of Bethlehem and now Zechariah. I mean, he's all over the Messiah. Yes. He's starting to really zero in and understand and see what where this might be going. Well, and it's, it. it's exciting. Yeah. This is The Bible Live. Have a good weekend. And we'll see the you Bible next Live is dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. 
That's Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas, 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 9.30 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The The Bible Bible Live Quiz Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and The Bible Live broadcast. You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.